Hello everyone and welcome to Just Bleed Radio. This is our new show called The Weekend Roundup with Danger Mouse, No Special and Lazy Bed. And on this show we will cover just the main events from UFC events like Fight Nights and UFC Vegas fights. Basically anything that isn't a numbered event. We'll also cover the co-main events sometimes but not necessarily all, all the time. Uh, so before I start and bring in Lazy and Austin, I just want to give a huge thank you to our editor Dave, who did an amazing job on Just Bleed Radio's first feature video about Hamzat Chimeyev. Uh Dave put an ungodly amount of hours into the project, so cheers. Thank you very much, Dave. Anyway, if anyone's listened to this show and hasn't watched it, please go and check it out. Uh, but after this show's finished, please. Uh, and while we're at it, don't forget to like and subscribe to this show or that show, whichever one of them. Uh, this should be a fun show, uh, and we're just going to st- co- start with the co-main, Rodriguez versus Ortega. Uh, but for now, let's just say hi to my two co-hosts, who we just heard, Austin and Lazy. How are you doing, guys? We're doing good. We are, are we all psyched up for this one? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, dare I ask who wants to go first on this? I'll let Lazy go first. Well, last night I did actually uh, take the time to take some notes, and I kept myself from getting too inebriated, so I should have some semi-clear thoughts here. Uh, I've got round-by-round breakdowns. I don't know how long we're going to go here, but being as this one didn't go all five, I should be able to get us all in here. Um, Starting with the first round, uh, there was some good forward pressure to start it out from Ortega, despite him looking... Pretty rusty, if you ask me. Um, timing looked a little bit off. You know, you could probably attribute that to the, what was it, 18 months he was out of the cage. Yeah, ring rusty's real. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Or nerves, maybe a combination of both. But either way, uh, yeah, you kind of managed to hurt him pretty bad early on with some clean strikes, busted up the nose pretty good. Uh, for a minute there, I was thinking that Ortega's breathing might be a little bit hampered because of the nose because he's kind of had the mouth open and looked like he was breathing out of the mouth. Yair at one point made a pretty interesting decision to take the fight to the ground. And yeah, that was a little bit questionable to me. Um, but he did pretty good on top. You couldn't question T-City's heart though. I mean, if you say nothing else about that guy, dude's got some fucking heart and some will. Um, Going to the, the stools between the first and the second round, the, the body languages seemed like polar opposites. Ortega looked pretty concerned and a little bit dejected, and Yair had a sort of calm and focused demeanor about him. I uh, gave the first round 10 9 to Yair. Second, uh, Ortega quickly started to close the space again, but this time around he sort of began to really dictate the pace the way he wanted to. Um, got y- Yair down, spent the whole round basically on top uh, control time was, was really key to him and vital. He used it to regain his composure and re- get himself into the fight. It seemed like uh, some solid ground and pound from Ortega. The year was getting busted up a bit. Uh, I liked the, the, the fight IQ that Ortega was showing and he had some really good control and, and, and a violent top game. So gave that round 10, nine to Ortega. So we were tied up going into the third, and which, of course, that didn't matter much because Ortega started that round with that same offensive pressure, secured the easy takedown, too easy if you ask me. Um, 
effortless, precise BJJ. Everything Ortega's known for. Sunk that choke in deep and uh, hit the sub right in front of his ex, Tracy. So shout out Ortega. What, what, what was that choke? I was trying to identify it and I couldn't. I wasn't 100% sure. It was like a head and arm. It was like a yeah. head and arm choke, more or less. And he, uh, he, yeah, you're almost tried to just like go into it. And Brian just kind of stayed on like half guard, more or less. Or side guard, I'm sorry. Not half guard. Right? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, that makes sense. It was a nice fucking deep, deep fucking choke, though. I mean, he really had that thing sunk in there. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, well, you saw how it stopped, right? Like, <laughs> like Godwin was about to beat the shit out of him. Like, <laughs> what are you doing, my guy? Stop. <laughs> yeah, but, so yeah. to summarize my thoughts there, fully and pass the mic on, uh, Ortega, despite looking a bit unsure and unsteady in the early goings, he really weathered the storm and Captured that lightning in a bottle as he often does, and survived the onslaught from Yair, Yair and capitalized on his weak takedown and submission defense. My other takeaway, though, and maybe you guys will touch on this, or maybe you won't, the post-fight interview from uh, Ortega was a bit weird. It was giving me like kind of Diego Sanchez and Josh Fabia vibes. Very religious. He brought his pastor, brought his pastor to the fights. He was talking all kinds of. Jesus stuff. It was kind of weird. It was hoping Bryce Mitchell was going to come in and pray with him. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That would have probably added to it. Gosh, vid. I think we saw more or less the same thing there. Well, I guess we watched the same fight, but we got pretty similar notes there, uh, Laser. Uh, I got, you know, the early knockdown uh, that uh, Rodriguez scored, and then he broke Ortega's nose. Uh, it was bleeding, uh, you know, claret all over the place there. Uh, and then, as you said, the weird decision at the end. Uh, uh, what have we got down here? Um, Ortega kind of got a leg kick in and dropped uh, Rodriguez, and then oh, sorry, it must be the other way around. Sorry, uh, and then uh, Rodriguez fo- fo- followed him down to the ground for some ground and pound. Then he just hung about there too long, and uh, Ortega managed to kind of half grab his back and then get up. And uh, I think he got a takedown in the last twenty, thirty seconds or so. But yeah, but Ortega did get the kind of a, a bit of action at the end of the round. Yeah. And then, as you said, very much coming forward, lots of pressure from the striking, uh, got a nice pick-up and slam uh, on Rodriguez, uh, very close to the fence, sunk that guillotine in, but couldn't get it. Uh, and then just, as you said, started landing some ground and pound, uh, got a couple of nice elbows in there, nasty cut under the Rodriguez's eye. Uh, yeah. But at least it was under the eye, uh, not above it, I guess, is always the better thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I'd got Rodriguez, uh, sorry, one round apiece at that point. Uh, and then, as you said, nice little, very nice little sweep by Ortega down to the ground and uh, sank in the choke and got the submission. The eagle is back and he sharpened his beak and claws, I think we could say. <laughs> ah! <laughs> that's really, yeah he went on like a rant about eagles and shit before the fight was that was that what i read yeah yeah, yeah. had you not seen a video about it or anything i i i i uh i did not because i am scared uh, to watch it yeah. <laughs> my border on the uh strange you know but that's par for the course in this uh sport you know <laughs> yeah that's true uh <sighs> 
man, this is like a tale of two fights. If you remember the first fight, it was pretty competitive, like on the feet, and then Yair started to pull away, and then the grappling exchange just happened to just, just favor Yair at that one moment in time, and then, uh, you know, got overzealous and got injured, uh, Ortega did, uh, with his shoulder injury. I didn't really get to see the whole, you know, the, how the fight would have played out. This is the fight that we would have seen possibly. Yair basically emptied his gas tank, allowed Ortega to stay in the fight, managed to survive the second round, and then pretty much just got immediately taken down and submitted. And it wasn't even like the cleanest takedown, like you were saying, Lazy. Like, it was just a half-assed takedown attempt because Ortega is not known as a wrestler. So <laughs> he just kind of, you know, laid it down, but kind of brought him to the mat and, and the canvas, more or less, and he just managed to find the head and arm choke pretty quick and Yair just just stayed in it. It was like Yair literally had no energy after the first round, I, I, after the first like two and a half minutes, more or less. And watching the fight, it was just frustrating to see Yair just kind of accept the fight that was being given to him. Because mm. I remember very vividly with yeah, with Max Holloway and um his fights uh his fight with uh oh Josh Emmett. Very hard-nosed, hard-hitting fights. Like, he he didn't accept anything in those fights. He went after those guys and took advantage of it. In his fight with Volkanovski and his fight with Brian Ortega, he seemed to accept certain aspects of the fight and just was willing to engage in those parts of that contest. He was willing to just allow Ortega to just sit on him. Like when he was in guard, he was also willing to allow the clinches to happen a lot more than they should have. Brian was pretty well adapted to handle the clinches, and yeah, you're kind of just seemed kind of like, well, I'll just kind of hold out in here, and hopefully he'll allow me some openings. Oh wait, shit, he's kind of taking me down. Damn it, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like what are we doing here, my guy? You're a kickboxer. You are not a Muay Thai specialist. You are not a Jiu Jitsu specialist staying at distance and then he struggled against the fence like he was riding the fence a majority of the time and brian wasn't even that well at cutting him off like brian didn't even try to cut him off half the time brian's just like all right well i just fucked up my ankle right before the fight started yeah. i'm gonna be flat-footed and i don't even realize like if he understood what was happening yair was just kind of like adamant about the positioning that he was in like all right this is fine you know it's that meme of that dog sipping the coffee yeah. in the middle of the fire yeah. this is fine <laughs> you know like god damn it man like watching it that was my whole thing too it was like just watching this fight night watching the main event the co-main it was just god god damn it <laughs> god damn it you know i uh, congrats to ortega i dislike the man but he is a good fighter i i just wish he would fight more often and like the whole, everyone was like, "Oh, Yair's Yair's going after um, Ilya Taporia, and he's mm-hmm. he's gonna it's gonna make a whole rivalry because it's Mexico versus Spain." And um, if Yair were was, oh, <laughs> he he was overlooking his opponent tonight, and that's kind of I think half the battle right there. It's like he was looking at a title fight with the like Ilya yeah. when he just lost to Volk, like. Yeah. Let's get some wins under your belt first, my guy. Get one or two more wins, and then we can talk about you fighting for the title. Yes, it's a different champion, but still, like, come on. Like, you've had 
two interim title fights. Brian Ortega has had two title opportunities as well. Why are we making these guys like out to be number one contenders? They're clearly not number one contenders, and they fought like they weren't number one contenders. This to me was a title eliminator. Yeah, yeah. This is this to me was a title eliminator. Basically yep. saying whoever lost wasn't going to get an opportunity and whoever won wasn't going to be guaranteed a title fight, but is basically just going to be in the pool now. And that's fine. Brian Ortega just won. Let him get two more wins against top 10 fighters. Then we can talk about it. Let's just get the division moving first. I suppose the problem is he's automatically now, isn't he back to third third position in the rankings? That's why I hate this fucking sport. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was that was a good point you brought up too about him uh, the pre-fight when he was doing his little jump and he rolled the ankle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, he talked about that afterwards with uh, Olivia. I think he even talked about it in the cage in the post-fight interview. But yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Come on, dude! Like you're you're coming off of that long of a layoff. You're fucking injury prone as shit, and then you want to do a high jump and fuck come down on your ankle. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> He looked at his coach, and his coach had to had to be shit in his pants. He's oh, all, my, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're already injured. We haven't even started the fight. All this fucking work. Yeah, but yeah, a big for Ortega, like I said, to to get that W in front of his ex, Tracy Cortez, was right there in the <laughs> end. in all her glory, watching the festivities. Uh, the yeah, eagle is lifted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Austin possibly too. Well, I was, was going to say, uh, Ilya was <laughs> sorry. Uh, Rodriguez was kind of being looked at as the next guy for Ilya, and obviously he's not anymore. No, not after tonight. Uh, Neither is Ortega, that? though. No, exactly. So no. what does what does that leave for uh, Ilya then? That's Mozart Ivloyev or a rematch with uh, oh, yeah, Alexander yeah. or Max, I suppose, if he waits long enough. Here's my thought. Okay. Let Taporia simmer a little bit. Let Volk, you know, let, let Taporia kind of live off of, uh, you know, all the, the hype and hoopla he's got going on right now. Let this, let this carry. Let Volk sit and, and, you know, take his time off. Let him take his break. Take Ortega while he's still healthy and, and they can keep him active. Throw him in there with Evloyev. Let Evloyev no. get rid of Ortega. No. Let him get rid of Ortega for good. Because he's, in my opinion, Evloyev's going to just fucking smush Ortega and get him out of there. So yeah, let you're it, let not him... wrong. But <laughs> dude, we, we, we don't want to be kidding another. T- <laughs> no, we can't. We can't be killing contenders. What if he wins? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, we're in the same always... position as Max Holloway. Yeah. yeah. There's always that yeah. possibility, but I'm not putting Ortega on the same level of prospect crusher as a Max Holloway. I, I feel okay. like I feel like Evloyev with his recent activity and uh, you know everything he's got going on. I think he could just fucking smush Ortega, get Ortega out of the picture, and then then he know. gets crack at Ilya. Yeah, <laughs> then he either get he can get the immediate sooner crack at Ilya while Volk you know takes his time to heal up. Yeah, I was gonna say is Volk gonna take enough time to heal up, or is he gonna rush back again? Their team is already harassing everybody who has basically said that he needs to take time off. And it's like, my guy, you and your team should know right now, you've yeah. been knocked out twice in the last three months. 
you need to take time off. Regardless of whether or not you think you could have won that fight or not. You need to take the time off. And as for Brian, I would do this. Make him fight Giga or Brian... Uh, uh, who is it? Make him fight Giga Jikadze or Edson Barbosa. Those are two featherweights who have not fought for the title yet, but are contenders. They are not new contenders, as is Mozart, Arnold Allen, or, um, you know... Uh, oh, God, there's a couple of other names... Like Danny Gate too. Like he's a, he's a guy who's in the mix as well. Make him fight one of the other guys who just came off of a win. Make him fight again, and then we could talk about whether or not he has the possibility. Mozart should be the guy right now that gets an opportunity to fight Ilya, probably possibly in the summer. Like they, yeah. there's a poss there's a, there's time for you know both of them just beat contenders, and you know now we need to kind of separate new blood from the old blood. Let the old blood kind of you know fight each other because the names they don't have to create like a 10 fight win streak they don't have to create a five fight win streak they just need one or two more big names yair was a big name let him get one or two more wins then we could talk about whether or not he's eligible for a a title fight and in the Mm -hmm. meantime we're not killing off any new contenders i I agree with you that i i would pick mozart to beat him i just don't want to give brian the opportunity because he hasn't (laughs) earned it he hasn't earned it he hasn't earned it i'm sorry Two times he's been in the title fight and he's lost. He nearly finished <laughs> Volkanovski, but like it, he was losing the fight regardless. And then he loses, you know, after having a competitive, you know, second round with Max Holloway, and then gets nearly 300 punches in the next two rounds. Yeah, that fight doesn't even go all the way. So, I, okay, yeah. So, uh, so it's, it's interesting. Interesting to have in the division. So, Yair, okay, now what do we do with him? What do you guys think about, we know they like to match up two guys coming off losses. They like losers to face losers. What about Yair versus uh, Arnold Allen? How about that? I'm fine with that. They're they're both coming off a loss. They both need wins. Yeah, I think it would be a good matchup. I'd like to see that. Yeah. I thought for sure you were going to say Bryce Mitchell there, uh, Laser. (laughs) No, we might be getting a similar fight if that's the case because T-City is a better wrestler for sure and he has a jiu-jitsu game that's not nearly as good as Ortega's, but he's a grappler first, striker second, third, actually, I should say. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be a good scrap. But, uh, that'd be a little matchup. Two guys coming off of losses, both fought recently. Yep. I would say that, what? yeah. I hate this fight. <laughs> I, 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 my thoughts of this fight were, God damn it, Ortega fucking getting off of all this fucking freak time and then coming back to just fucking only fight once a year and then, or once every 18 months and still be ranked in the top fucking five. <laughs> yeah, what was the stat Fuck. prior to prior to this? Khabib had a more recent win than Ortega? Yeah. Yes. Wild. Yes. Absolutely wild. I, oh, yeah. I fucking hate the sport sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, a shout out to the donks in the Discord because uh, none of us managed to pick the uh, winner of this fight. No one had any, any faith in Ortega whatsoever. <laughs> no, because it wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> the sides were there, but yeah, you just gave him the fight for some reason. It was just stupid. Yeah. Shall we jump onto the actual main event then? Moreno versus yeah. Royval. Royval. I can never decide which way they pronounce that one. Royval. I'll just sell it, I'll sell it for Royval. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. yeah. Yeah. I believe that's the Anik pronunciation there. Yeah. So, 
passed passed and uh, approved then. Uh, <laughs> as you've given us the pronunciation, uh, Austin, why don't you take this one away? All right. So my thought on it was, God damn it, why is why is, why is Moreno thinking he's Dan Henderson? Like this a little shuffle leg kick on the outside, you know, and in a bombing overhand left or a right. And he he just seemed to kind of be content to kind of bot like bomb from the outside, not even not even technical, but bomb from the outside. And it was frustrating because there was a fight that had played out with Roy Val, not with Moreno, but with Pantoja. And this is literally the fight Roy Val was coming off of. He was peppering Pantoja from the outside and not landing power, but landing with you know, a Diaz effect. I'm going to pepper you with punches from the, from the, you know, from my stance and I might have to eat a couple, but my work is going to pay off towards the end, end of the fight towards the fifth and fourth, uh, fourth rounds. Rovell started and kept the same pace. He didn't let up on that pace. He may have picked it up in the third or fourth, I should say. And yeah. pretty much just never, never wavered on it even when he was getting wobbled on his feet or not so much wobbled but getting stunned by moreno's overhand rights and lefts and eating some of those leg kicks from you know moreno he just he just never wavered and that's kind of the problem that i had with moreno is that moreno just was not leading the dance was circling on the outside far too often and not actually engaging far often enough and then when Moreno would land a bomb or land a heavy right or a lay kick, it was hard for him to follow up. And I'm imagining it's because Roy Val's pace and workman were like uh, ethic just pretty much put him on the back foot and he was never able to gain that ground back or momentum. And the momentum was few and far between for Moreno. It, if Moreno had engaged with a grappling incentive right off the bat, maybe this is a different fight. That's how he basically took the first one and yes there was an injury involved in that fight too which was interesting because both of these co-main and the main were rematches of fights that had injuries in their first <laughs> from the guys who lost so nice if you if yeah yeah so let it be known if you were injured in the first fight and you may have lost or you were injured and the fight was considered a no contest you basically are winning the second fight <laughs> so I I didn't think Royval won, but then again, it was too close to call to say it was a dominant decision for Moreno. The problem I had with it is that Moreno just didn't put his foot on the gas pedal when he needed to. And matter of fact, Moreno actually got hurt at one point and had to, you know, cover up for a good 30 seconds. That, yeah. that for whatever the round was prior to that, that won Royval the round. And I believe that was in the fourth round as well. And sure enough, like Moreno allowed the fight to kind of continue as it was going into the fifth. And he just never took the fight away from Royval. Now, the problem is, is that both of these guys have lost to Pantoja. I believe it's five times now. Three with Moreno and two with Royval. Wow. So neither of these guys is going to get an opportunity. And this is the same situation that we had with Ortega and Yair, both of them are not eligible or shouldn't be eligible for the fucking title. And yet, you know, like 
Moreno should have been the guy that won, but he did it. He lost. It's it is what it is. It was a close fight. But Roy Val is not a number one contender either. Matter of fact, he's probably third or fifth. <laughs> and uh, it just keeps him in contention. It just this is all it is. It's we're we're looking at a at two fights that basically said it's title eliminators. The loser doesn't get a title fight anytime soon. Maybe with not not even in the next year or two, as long as the guys who they lost to are champions. And with Royval, Royval is now again in the same position that he was prior. He lost to the guy who was a champion. You know now he's per like perennially available to take a title fight if they need him. But then if he wins or, you know, is available, he'll still have two losses to the current champion. So, <sighs> god damn it. <laughs> we were screwed either way. Pretty clear packing order already established. Yeah. With the current champion having combined five wins over these two guys. Yeah, hard to argue with that, really. No. No. I guess that leaves us with Amir Albazi in the middle. Oh God! I yeah, hope who, I hope he wins. <laughs> who actually was supposed to be on this card? Uh, is that Moreno? Right. Yeah. 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 Initially, it was supposed to be Albazi against Moreno, but Albazi had to pull out with a neck injury. Oh shit! Yeah, so yeah. he's gonna get the title shot. That's and it. actually. This was supposed to be initially the co-main event, and it got elevated to the headliner. Uh, I, I can't remember who was supposed to be the original main event, but yeah. Didn't they, so the, didn't they want Grasso there? I think so. I want to say, yeah. I, I can't okay. believe that they didn't, they didn't have anyone from uh, Lobo Gym on the card last night, Grasso's gym. That was kind of no. shocking. Yeah, you saw the coach there, though. Uh, Diego Lopez. In this yeah, he was in the crowds. Uh, Arena Aldana was in the crowd. Yep, she was. Grosso, Grosso was on commentary. What yeah. was it? <laughs> Morales got a pop from the crowd. I guess the same there for uh, USC Noche. Mm-hmm. That yeah, was my that's, that's yeah. Saver for the sphere. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to jump in here? Yeah. yeah. Well. All right. Um. Time for another one of Lazy's padded round-by-round round breakdowns. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, first off, I wanted to point out something that Dave said last night in uh, one of the chats. This was a really fast turnaround, or a pretty fast turnaround for Royval, who had just fought back on December 16th. So, quick turn for, for the Raw Dog. Um, crowd reactions were quite split. When the fight started, uh, there were some big-time major cheers, strong reactions from Moreno. Uh, Roy Vall, of course, was booed. Um, Roy Vall seemed really emotional coming to the cage uh, with his walkout song and the way he was acting at the, the prep point. So I was a little bit concerned going in how he was going to react with such high emotions. But anyway, uh, first round it started out really slow. Um, there was a lot of uh, feeling out process and respect shown on both sides to the point where Herb was actually urging action and, and fucking clapping and telling them to work. Um, yeah. <laughs> Royval's Roy left leg looked compromised pretty early. He looked like almost like he had that drop foot thing going on. 
Um, like he hurt it kicking him, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Possibly, um, yeah, possibly. Moreno's uh, left left hook was working pretty good, and early on he was looking patient. I did notice that it seemed like both of them were having problems with their footing. I don't know if that was the mat being a bit slippery, or I don't know. Sometimes they they slip on the logo parts; they're more slick than the others. Anyway, um, I had that uh, a Moreno round first round, but it, it wasn't totally convincing. So yeah, I had a ten nine Moreno uh, going into the second. The hooks were really working for Moreno again. Yeah, he was looking quick and sharp at moments, but then he started doing what Austin was saying and really reaching and dipping with those big lunging overhands. Um, Roy Vall would have been, in my opinion, would have been well served with some knees up the middle, which he wasn't doing at the time. Um, some nice heavy cup combos coupled with some good body work, and then he started using those knees a bit more. Uh, Moreno had a timely takedown, but he nearly got subbed in that second towards the end of the round. Um, yeah. Leg was possibly becoming a bit of more of an issue. I had that round again, 10-9 Moreno. Uh, going into the third, uh, the round started with uh, hick-heavy approaches from both sides, which was a little bit interesting. Roy Vall actually said uh, post-fight at the at the desk that he felt he got away from the kicks in his last fight against... Um, Pantoja, so he wanted to make sure that he stayed kick heavy in this one, and then he fucked up his foot with one of the early kicks, and it, it, but he, <laughs> he stuck stuck with it anyway. So good on you, raw dog. Um, I felt like Roy Vall was fighting like really upright. He was standing like really straight up, which was kind of concerning. Uh, some some rapid scrambles, but raw dog showed some good defense. Um. He began to get a little bit more diversified in the strikes, and he was landing some nice straight shots, beating Moreno's looping overhands. Solid Roy Vall round, 10-9 Roy Vall. Fourth, Roy Vall really was up in the pace. Uh, Moreno was realizing some good success with the calf kicks, ending almost every combo with that thudding kick. Uh, despite the leg, Roy Vall was really putting it together late in the fight. Like you were saying, Austin, he, he had that beautiful pitter-patter, Diaz bro kind of thing going on. Uh, action was fast and furious. It sent Herb Dean scrambling at one point, uh, <laughs> trying to get up. <laughs> that was uh, I liked that. I wish somebody would have memed that moment. Uh, very tight round though. Could have scored it either way, based on your preference, whether you like those precise, tempered strikes or the heavy looping blows. I personally went ten nine Roy Vall, so that put us on my scorecards two two going into the fifth. Everything coming down to the last round. Bit of wall install early from Moreno with some control, maybe looking to minimize the damage or get some some of his steam back. Uh, I seen, I did, I caught a moment. I don't know if you guys saw it after that initial uh, clinching against the cage in the fifth to start it out. Moreno gave his corner a wink after the clinch ended, but he never really came on like the way it seemed like he was implying. Uh, it's more of the same volume versus power battle. Roy Vall was getting to Moreno's chin, connecting nicely. Moreno kept seeking the clinch against the cage, but Herb had a really short leash and was breaking him up quick. Uh, both men were swinging wildly in the final minute. I went 10-9 Roy Vall, so that, that made it Roy Vall 3-2 on my cards. Uh, a very emotional and likely very motivated Roy Vall came into this fight with a do-or-die mentality. He set aside the early-so start and... Uh, both men eventually did find their groove and seemed to be sticking to a game plan. 
sad to see Moreno fall short, but happy for Raw Dog to get the win. And uh, he, uh, again, Roy Vall actually revealed similar sent- sentiments to Volk during the post show about being in a dark place mentally and needing this fight and this yeah. win, which was, I don't know. I don't like, I don't like seeing these guys, you know, dealing with mental health and, and working it out in the cage, but you know, good, good win raw dog. Happy for him to get the W. Yeah. I, what are you going to say? Like these uh, short turnarounds, is that something that they like me? You would hope that they're getting paid, especially coming off of losses to help save a main event or, you know, in Royal's case, like just step up for the opportunity to be, you know, another, or to stay in the uh, contendership pool, you know, that, especially coming off of um, a loss that he suffered against Pantosia. This almost kind of felt like the same kind of fight, but at the same time, it's like, you know, Moreno allowed his opponent to stay in, never yeah. bothered to, you know, press the action more than he needed to. And, Roy, get, can, you know, I'm I'm happy for Roy Ball, but I'm also kind of concerned that this is a trend that he just will allow himself to kind of eat big shots. He doesn't really, what was it, D- uh, Dean Thomas said it? He doesn't have an exit strategy when he's in yeah. the pocket. Yeah. And he's willingly eating these heavy shots. And it's because he's confident in his chin, which, you know, proved to be his detriment in the Pantoja fight. Whereas in this fight, Moreno just managed to land big thumping shots, just not enough to hurt him on a consistent basis. And Royval almost got confident because of it. Like, you cannot be willingly eating those big shots. Like, even Diaz, when he does, he at least moves. He, you know, looks for the clinch. He finds a way to kind of get past that and doesn't stay in the pocket too long. Both Diaz's, for that matter. But Royval is not a Diaz. He doesn't have the same kind of chin. And you cannot depend on that kind of situation. Even if you're a small flyweight, like, you know, Pantoja, Royval, or Moreno are. Might not have the chin, but he might have the cardio because he didn't slow down at all uh, last night. No, but you can't depend on that, especially if you're actually getting countered. Well, I guess you can if you constantly train at 7,000 feet uh, above sea level. I mean, I don't know if I believe that either, but whatever. (laughs) Does does he not train in Mexico? No, he trains in uh, Colorado. Colorado. Oh, right. Okay. Ah, that was the... um, Dominic Cruz uh, cock up, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Elevations higher than Mexico City. Yeah. Uh, no, it's not Dominic. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. still a mile high, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's not manage. nearly that. No, what is he talking 2, about? 2,000 feet uh, lower down, yeah. Or something yeah. like that. Yeah, no, it's not. No, Mexico City is a completely different alter, you know, ego, but that, neither here nor there, you know. This just complicates the division more. <laughs> Again, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, sc- I, I scored it today, uh, re-watch- well, watching it properly for the first time. And I actually gave uh, Royvald the first round. I think he held the centre of the, the cage. I know position doesn't really matter that much these days in MMA. But Moreno just seemed to be circling left and right, kind of dancing away. And I thought just he landed, Royval uh, landed a few more strikes than uh, Moreno. And uh, I, th- I thought he did enough to take the first round. 
But he had it like 3 2 regardless. Well, uh, 3 2 Rogal. No, I actually didn't end up with that. Um, I'll just I'll just skim through round two. I had uh, Moreno taking it. Uh, he, he landed much more solid, uh, solid uh, punches. He got that uh, very nice overhand right, I think it was. Uh, and again, he, he was pushing, pushing for the center. Uh, he was also very accurate on his striking. I think the the stats uh, were sixty percent, uh, you know, connection rate. Uh, so yeah, I actually gave Moreno uh, that second round, but I did make a note that he looked bloody tired when he walked back to his uh, stool uh, coming <laughs> mm-hmm. to the third. Uh, and then I thought uh, Royval took it back in round three. Was he took control again? Uh, was pushing uh, Moreno back again. Uh, so I gave him that that round as well. So that left me at twenty nine twenty eight by the end of round three. Uh, I did. I did make the note. He's uh, Royval. Lots of uh, volume, but he was not so good on the accuracy. I think he was only around thirty yeah. percent accuracy. Uh, which yeah, over okay. almost five hundred strikes thrown. Yeah, and I think only yeah. one hundred and twenty-eight landed or some shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's twenty-eight percent. I think he finished at. Uh, I made a note when he got four hundred and eleven strikes, but that was in the fourth round. So yeah, he obviously got a few more. Uh, and then round four, what did uh, again? I gave it to uh, Royval. Uh, sorry, round three I gave it to uh, Royval. Uh, round four, busy fast start for Royval again. Uh, he got a takedown. Then Marino Marino got back up very quickly. Um, this was the one I was questioning in my own head um, whether to give it Royval or Moreno. Uh, but Moreno's corner actually thought he'd lost it. Uh, so I did in I did in the end give it to Royval. So that put it at thirty nine thirty seven, and then the fifth round we had we've already kind of mentioned it. Herb Dean all over him. It's like no lads, you're not going to grapple up against the cage. I want you I want you in the middle banging the living shit out of each other, please. Uh, I wonder if you've been hearing from the judges because they were out for blood uh, all night. The uh, judges. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some, some nice refer some nice judging there. I thought for once, you know. Change of the position did not matter last night. Uh, the ground and pound was going to win it, even if it was only in the last 30, 45 seconds of the round, whatever it was. Uh, I think a few of the prelim fights uh, that happened in, you know, somebody was in control for the first four minutes of the round, but just laying on top or fiddling about going for attempted uh, subs. And then they'd lose, bottom, lose top position and get pounded on for the last 45 seconds. And yeah, tough tough looks on. You lost the round. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. was it? The, the, the first like three fights of the night. I, I said the stat the stat in the Discord live chat last night. Uh something like the first the first three winners had a combined one takedown. The first three losers had a combined like nine plus. Yeah, yeah. They were control. Not, yeah, they yeah, were the not control. Like, the control was not the uh, winning factor uh, mm-hmm. on the night. It was work and accuracy and that seemed to award which is i don't know if mexico has a different scoring criteria but so. again i i would think it's like they rewarded the guys who are either working from bottom and like you know your wall installer your lay and praise were not were not being scored at all and i'm okay with that as long as it's consistent you know, but I think that was on the night, you know, which would make more sense why Moreno didn't get the decision, even if he was in control of some of the grappling exchanges. I mean, 
what like we're we're looking at work and um from the back uh being rewarded not so much submission attempts but like if you're working to get up and you're working to like at least land strikes from wherever you are that seemed to be what won you the fight yeah that's good yeah. i'd like to see that i'd much rather see that than uh just what does that mean for this division, though? What, what 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 do we do with these guys' decks? Because now they neither of them can fight for the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this Again. is the real question. Just just on the other thing before we uh, carry on with that, uh, the judge it was scored forty eight forty seven for uh, rival, uh, but one judge scored it forty nine forty six for for Moreno, which surprised the hell out of me. I I could see him scoring it forty eight forty seven for Moreno. Brad, I don't see why anyone would give him. I guess it was close, but to give him four out of the five rounds, I think he's pushing it a bit. He probably gave him round four. Was it three? That the round four is when he like Moreno got like hurt and clinched up, like or you know covered up against the cage for like you know a good few seconds, right? Yeah. So he probably gave him the round before that and gave him the fifth. You know, giving him four of the five. That's probably what it was. But, like, I had it round one for Moreno, round two for Moreno, round three and four for Royval, and then I edged the fifth round for Moreno. But, honestly, that round could go either way, depending on how you look at it. Um, I rewarded the clinching a little bit more just because he was in control of some of those situations, although he didn't land nearly as much damage as you would like. So you can honestly give the round to Royval, and it wouldn't honestly be an issue. Like, that round was close. Royval may have edged it out just with volume and you know accuracy alone. So, I think I think whenever yeah. they showed this UFC showed the stats, which we know are not exactly perfect, but they're what you have to work with when the fights are on. Uh, I think uh, Royval was ahead on most of the rounds. I think uh, certainly the first three rounds ahead on strikes. Yeah, I mean he was he was unloading where. <laughs> Whether, yeah, yeah. whether they were all connecting or not, he was like a scatter gun out there. He was just, bop, 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 bop. yeah, yep. I thought it was trying to pick Max Holloway's uh, most strikes thrown in a uh, round or something. Yep. There, I love that, yeah, that the little 70% on each punch, like not putting it all into it, tat, 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 and then bang, tat, 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 bang. I love that, yeah, as you, as uh, Austin said, that's pure, pure Diaz style. Yep. Nick, Nick, and Nate are both uh, fairly handy at it. And which, oddly enough, uh, Royval is a huge Diaz Brothers fan, but Nick, or yeah, uh, Nate was in attendance last night, and he was on uh, Moreno's side. So. Poor guy. Yeah. Couldn't get his idols to back him up. Nah. But that that begs the question: Who do they fight next? Moreno can't fight for the title because he's lost three times to the champion, and. Roy Vell's just got his ass, or he just got beat by the champion, and he lost to him prior, uh, before that title fight. I mean, this division seems to be pretty messy. We were talking about how messy featherweight was. This division yeah. seems to be the new division where there's no headway for contenders, which begs the question. There was a lot of discussion about whether or not we needed a new contender to come in because we no longer have Figgy. Uh, Demetrius Johnson is, is not coming back anytime soon. <laughs> Horiguchi seems to be the one name everybody kind of kept saying last night. I, 
I'm open to it. Hell, why not? I don't even think he needs a title fight to come into the UFC or a fight before that, I should say, a contender fight. I mean, it wouldn't hurt to put a new guy in, in the you know division. I just don't know if you waste him beforehand or if you give him an opportunity at the title right off the bat. Because there's no one else other than Amir Abazi right now, right? <laughs> Amir Abazi is at two. Kai Kara Francis is at four. Manel Cap at six. Matthias Nicolau at five. Yeah, and Cape missed weight the last time out, so he's not. A, I'm yeah. not going to put him in a fucking title fight. <laughs> too popular. Well, Mohamed Mikhaev at uh, eight. Always that eight. was going to be my suggestion. I was going to say he's he's pretty low in the rankings, but we know that meritocracy is not always the highest on the UFC's list. No. Just give him one guy. Just give him one guy in the top ten. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Makayev get get tossed in there against Pantoja. Yeah, it could be a good test. I think I think Pantoja would fuck him up on the feet. <laughs> yeah, but. definitely. Fight. He's not much of a boxer or striker, yeah. Yeah, but if they get in any kind of a grappling scenario, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Well, Plus, why not? Why not? Well, I was gonna say, like, why not do this? You put Horiguchi against Moreno, and then you put um, Makayev against um, Royval. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Who's the Horiguchi? Um, even isn't even ranked at the minute though. That's no, good. no. This is this is hypothetical because he's not. He's still technically with Risen in um, that oh, whole situation. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is um the Australian Steve Urseg? Is he a flyweight? He is. Yeah, he's ranked twelve at the minute. He's a, a potential prospect. No, he's got a little bit of a ways to climb, but good striking, good grappling, tough. Are we just are we just foregoing the top ten guys because we can't depend on them? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the yeah. Tim Elliott, Matt Schnell, Mohamed Makayev, Alex Perez, Manel Kep, Mateus Nicolau. That's ten down to five. Oh my Sweet. god. Pickens. How how is Perez still ranked? A dude can't even fucking make it to a fight. <laughs> <laughs> what are he's we doing take, here? Yeah, he's trying to go for the Ortega approach, is he? Oh my god, that seems to work too. Although I, I must say that this exact issue that we're discussing right now, the sort of lack of uh, star power or depth at flyweight, this is kind of what they're addressing by opening up this PI in Mexico. Yeah. That's why, uh, you know, as we know, last night's event was lightweight down for the whole card. Yeah. First time I don't think yeah, it was basically a WEC show. Megan Olivia was right at home. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, you gotta you gotta have love for those smaller events. Yeah, and with with the uh, you know a PI open down there in Mexico City now, they you know UFC has always wanted to push into that territory. They've been trying to break in there forever. You got a lot of really really talented guys in the lighter weight classes down in that region of the world. So if they could tap into that market and, and start pulling some of these guys over from the boxing world and pulling them into the MMA world, Flyweight could have a bright future. I agree. Yeah, there's, you just got to have the talent, you know, eventually show it. And um, we can't... They have to put effort into it. They can't do it half-assed. They, they have to actively make an effort to 
invest in the small regional scene, bring mm-hmm. these guys in, and then eventually bring them on the contender series, or do a you know a tough you know Latin America like they did prior. You know, yeah. it, well, it they've done it for Yair, they've done it for a couple of others. They have the ability to do it. The problem is, is that they just choose to not spend money. You know. Well, they're just opening a new performance institute in Mexico. Uh, they're yeah. doing one. In, they're doing one in Africa soon, aren't they? As well, or they're. In the I don't house. even know if that's the case. They they they're debating I know, I know whether they're talking about it. Certainly. Yeah. I just think well, the Mexico one. Me- the Mexico Africa against uh, Mexico. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the problem is that they seem to kind of be willing to kind of like just go when there's money available to them and not invest into the regional scene prior. You know. That's the thing. You, if you need contenders or prospects to show up, you need to invest in the regional scene because, I mean, look what happened to Canada. Canada's regional scene is pretty much a desolate landscape at this point, and a majority of the new contenders that are showing up are, you know, on a barely existing regional scene in the U.S. and like majority of the Eastern Europe. You know, prospects are, you know, are the ones dominating a lot. I mean, if they're not from the Eastern Europe or, you know, parts of Europe now, they're coming from Brazil. There's not a whole lot of other places that they're coming from. I mean, Southeast Asia with uh, Australia and uh, New Zealand seems to have a majority of them. Japan has had its waves up and down. That They just have to reinvest in other regions now. And they're trying, you know, like you said, they're, they're looking to possibly put one in africa but right now they have one in mexico it's been 10 years in the making that we've been saying that <laughs> yeah yeah as i was going to say is it's it was a long time coming to get this one open in mexico and they've been talking about the africa one for seems like just as long but you know infrastructure and things like that in these countries is i'm sure it's not as easy logistically to open them up as we might think but i will say they are they are making efforts in some of these regions with the regional scenes because uh, if you watch Fight Pass, they've got a lot of the feeder leagues on there, and there's there's a couple down there in Central America. Uh, the, what do they got? Lux Lux Fight League, uh, Budo Cento, um, maybe one other one, a couple of them. But this, you know, they're they're looking and 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 facilitating some of those places, opening up the PIs like. I don't know. I, I don't I don't want to have high hopes because it is the UFC and they don't like to spend money, but the talent is there, man. They just got to they got to get these guys in. They got to get them in the door and they got to get them on these shows and well, they need they need to push them while they've got champions from those nations as well. Yeah. Nations, yeah. Continents. Yeah. You know, you've got DDP as the middleweight, South African. Yeah. Uh, and then you've still got Grasso uh, in for Mexico, haven't you? I think, is that the only one? Is she the last one? Yeah. Stand? Yeah. 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 Skill standing. They really failed to capitalize on that when they had the three concurrent yeah. Mexican champions. That was boneheaded move. <laughs> yeah, 100%, man. They had the ability to actually promote it in Mexico and have like all three of them fight mm-hmm. for something here, you know. You know, Yair was coming off of a loss regardless, but, you know, it, it sucks. <laughs> Is that it, guys? Are we just about done on those two? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we're good. I mean, I, I, overall, the event was fun, but, you know, just, god damn it. <laughs>
Yeah, I would like to shout out the Mexico crowd. They were on fire. Commentary was was saying that they were extremely loud. Uh, they were very violent. Uh, yeah, yeah, there was some good fights broke out in the crowd too. It wasn't just in the cage. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah San- Sanko said afterwards that um, it was the only crowd she's ever heard where they were louder than the music in the arena. I don't know if that's accurate, but that's what she said. And personally, my okay. opinion, I'm still giving most raucous crowd to the French crowd. That last yeah. event in France was fucking out of control. Absolutely. And it's all the RCAs when their uh, fighters come in. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Wonder how many of them get over, over to uh, watch BSD fight uh, against Poirier. Yeah, I mean, Poirier. Hey. Poirier sounds like a French name. Yeah, it does. Well, it's uh, down from that uh, member yeah, of the Louisiana. Area, Louisiana area. That's uh, yeah. a lot of French heritage down there. Yeah, yeah. Cajun, baby. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> uh, PFL, PFL happened. It wasn't the greatest event, but it happened. And like you know, Bellator almost clean sweeped everything. But you know, yeah. Bader so also just got demolished. If you control it, fine. <laughs> yeah, it was a thing that happened. <laughs> yeah, I sadly watched it from the very start to the very end. As did I, Lizzie. <laughs> what? He, Gotti was supposed to do a face-off, and he left before it was like confirmed that he was like, "Oh yeah, like no." He just decided to walk out. It was like, "Nah, this shit ain't for me." <laughs> yeah, Did you see him taking the see him taking the piss out of John Jones? Yeah, oh, yeah. It's like the third time he was there. Training. Training. Yeah. What did he call him? Fat. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Well, there was a meme comparing him to uh, Daniel Cormier today. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, Again. Yeah. PFL was okay. PFL was okay. Uh, it had its moments. Uh, the belt was cool. The belt ring combo is pretty cool. I didn't like how they just call it the super belt. That was fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. And they did the three round uh, fights, which was pretty good for time purposes. But, you know, you, some of those fights need to be five rounds. Can't do anything about that, but you know they're trying. They're, you can say that the PFL is trying, and you know, regardless of what happens with Bellator, you know, going forward, they, the PFL has access to those fighters, and the fact that we see Josh Thompson and, um, Big John, you know, doing their thing with PFL, you know, it, it this is the competitor to the UFC. They are actively trying. Is it landing? Is it a is it one hundred percent great? No. There's there's issues with everything that they're trying, but you know if you're not going to try, what's the point? And they're trying at least. Yeah, that's true. And and gave gave them three years, by the way. I asked him in uh, Luke's chat the other week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> as long as they get the Saudis to continue giving the money, I mean, hell, we've been saying that about you know one championship, and they seem to always be on the brink of death, and now they're financial in financial ruin. Like within a matter of you know a year, possibly. Yeah, the, the difference is, I'll I'll care a little bit if one dies. I don't give a damn about PFL. I I don't care about one, and I will be sad with the amount of good fighters that PFL built or now have. <laughs> Four rounds my tie. That's the only reason uh, 
one. It's not even it. MMA. That's not even MMA. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, I enjoy watching it, so I don't care. That's fair. And that does mean you get Rod Tang, and you can't not enjoy watching a Rod Tang fight. Impossible. No, I would prefer him to fight in the US, though. <laughs> well, so, somebody was saying they've got three three events booked for the States this year. Well, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> one, in, one in Colorado, and I forget where the others were, but they weren't all three in Colorado. So that's kind of a good nudge if it means that more states are relaxing the rules to allow one to fight in those areas. Because that, of course, means knees to head, you know, knees to head. Yeah. Unless you're grounded. In fact, no, it's just knees to head, isn't it, on one? Yeah. Well, we'll see how it goes compared. But in the meantime, I'm pretty pretty interested to see how PFL turns out. And then, you know, if one sticks around, great. If not, I mean, maybe PFL or UFC might buy up some of their talent. Maybe Risen, too. You know. We'll see. We'll see. I think the, uh, <laughs> my last point on on the PFL slash Bellator champions versus champions event, I'm going to address it directly to the co-leader Don Davis, Donnie oh, boy. Donnie, you missed a fucking golden opportunity last night, and you laid a major egg by not having the man, the myth, the legend Kenny Florian on fucking commentary. What are you doing? How do you want that flow on fucking commentary? He's sitting at home in Charlotte, North Carolina, the the most handsome man on the East Coast, and you don't put him on the commentary table. Opportunity missed, Donnie Davis. Why do they couldn't afford? Well, they couldn't afford to because Josh Thompson was taking you know somebody (laughs) else's role, and Dan Hardy was there too. So they can only afford so many handsome men. (laughs) (laughs) But now. Good, good night of fights. Good weekend of fights overall. Yeah, it was a solid 12, twelve hours of fights. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah, I guess um, was, yeah. I'd say the UFC event was like a six point five for me. Six point five and PFL was like a four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd probably go about the same. I might go six for the UFC, and I'll go. Uh, yeah, I'll go four for PFL. Nice. Yeah, I can't really disagree with you on the PFL because I didn't watch it closely enough to uh, say any more or less <laughs> than it. So. And the UFC one, uh, again, I kind of was doing a lot of chatting in the Discord, so I didn't overly watch the event. Uh, but I knew we weren't discussing it all today, so I could get away with it. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, uh, just to split, I'll go six point two five again, just to uh, be awkward. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, it was, it's a decent. It was above board. Not not the greatest event, but definitely yeah. you know not the worst. Oh, uh, uh, one last thing before we get out of here. Totally not related to UFC or PFL, but there was a lady on the LFA card Friday night who got. Oh my God, lazy! One of the nastiest bulldog chokes I've ever seen. I thought she got her neck broke. The fucking, she was getting her head pried off, and then she pissed all over the ring. <laughs> so, if you want to see something funny, go check out the, the lady getting bulldog choked and pissing all over the LFA octagon. It is up on Twitter somewhere. I forget what it is. <laughs> God, God damn it! <laughs> I'd watched that video. I didn't notice it until you commented underneath it, lazy. <laughs> there was a puddle. 
There was I watched, a puddle. I watched it live and had no idea she peed herself. Disappointed in myself. Well, you did have to kind of look at it. Yeah. There's, there's only fans content on there somewhere. <laughs> oh my god damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I would announce what we're going to be uh, watching next week, but it just I've just checked the schedule and it says UFC Fight Night main event to be determined versus to be determined. Uh, all we know is it's in uh, Kingdom Arena, Riyadh Province, Saudi Arabia. Next week? Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Second, second of March. Oh, yeah. Yeah, next week. Yeah, yeah. it's next week, yeah. <laughs> Again, until thought, March after that. <laughs> I thought they uh, uh, rescheduled the Rosas Jr. fight and Tercios for next week, and they said it was in the Apex. Oh. Yeah, they... Just looking up that's the, the this one. Is, this is UFC.com I've got up there. I'm looking at the schedule. No, that's that's the one that they said Riyadh rejected what they had because of the fact that they were unhappy with the um, the type of card they were getting, supposedly. Oh, right. So they might be at the Apex right. next week with all the fighters that they had. So watch, oh, come man. Monday, they'll have a full roster of fighters, and it's going to be UFC Apex 92 or something. <laughs> UFC Vegas, isn't it? The class does now. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Well, we'll be back for whoever's fighting, I guess. So, uh, I guess that's it. Say goodbye, guys. <laughs> later. See you later, Gators. <laughs> See you back next week for the weekend roundup with Danger Mouse, No Special, and Lazy Bed. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share, bitches. Oh, yeah, I do. Just Dave just jumped in there and reminded me uh, that we have to congratulate him for picking uh, Roy Dog, Roy, uh, Roy Dog Roy Val because he was one of only three people on the Discord, uh, Discord who did him, Uber, and Korean Gone Bad, who makes the most outrageous picks ever on the uh, Discord. <laughs> Love me some Raw Dog. It's the only choice. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. <laughs> Double congratulations for Eddie today, but yeah. Is that it? Yeah. That's it. God damn it. (laughs) Money just over an hour. Oh no!